All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 137 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, it's hockey season officially here, right? Labor Day, uh, you know, it's here we go. We're off yeah. to the races. We're off that- to the races. What's going on? Uh, got back at it. The week before Labor Day, which is uh, impressive. I saw a lot of uh, people around the rinks. And then the Labor Day tournament that we were a part of. And like you said, back at it, back in the ranks, um, enjoying it. Again, it's just kind of a, the change of uh, the season, uh, the weather. And, you know, we've had some well, good weather. It's but been, Yeah, I was going to say it's been 90 here. Yeah, but you get, you know, when you get up early, it's like, you know, that crisp air. And I'm like, God, mm-hmm. it's coming, you know. So uh, hockey weather will follow, but yeah, back at the ranks. Um, what, what what did you guys have, uh, you know, leading up to Labor Day and, and Labor Day uh, tourney? Yeah, same thing. Everything was uh, was good. Collins passed um, this past week, so his uh, U14 team was played. They, like you said, they had a couple games before Labor Day uh, in the River Rat Showcase, I believe it was called. Got a couple games under their belt and. And looked pretty good out there and then um, played in the Labor Day tournament this past weekend. You know, had four or five games, had a tough loss to a uh, really good game, great game back and forth. Uh, 2-1 with an empty netter to a really strong mid-fairfield team in the semifinal. So it was, it'll you know be a lot of good battles with those guys this year. I believe we're back. Um, you know, those guys would be down there in a couple weeks and, and play them in a little bit of a home-and-home home type situation. So... Good hockey, exciting, uh, you know, fun to watch that level, right? It's a, that U14 age group is uh, pretty legitimate, and and you can see it too. They're at that age where there's there's prep school coaches there, there's college coaches kind of hovering around. Uh, it's 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 real hockey, so exciting, uh, exciting time. See a lot of people in the rink. It was funny. The ref skated over to me. Um, on one of the days, and he's like, "Oh, I just had the the other rink shrink." And I'm like, really? I'm like, I thought Mike was in, I thought he was in Marlboro. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, you know, like you and I had talked on what, Thursday or Friday? I'm like, I thought he told me he was in Marlboro all, all weekend. We were in Foxboro. And uh, I'm like, no. I'm like, it was Rob. So you stunt double, you know, uh, I, I, the older brother, I guess he's, you know, looking a little bit younger in these, in these days. But it was good. I, and I, I ended up running into him in the lobby the next day and, Caught up with uh, with Rob Motto. It was, it was great. He had his U18 team there as well. So uh, it was cool. Good good, good weekend. Like you said, seeing a ton of familiar faces, ton of people, and some good hockey going on. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's good that he's keeping his boyish good looks. Uh, when he turned 21, I turned 21, you know, five years younger. But uh, yep. Yep. being around the rank was great. Again, like you said, seeing uh, a lot of people – you know, we're at the U18 level, so there's a lot of college coaches talking to us about certain players and, um, you know, just trying to get them going. So I'm coaching with Brian Gibbons, you know, a uh, fellow, uh, you know, fellow Eagle and um, Thayer Academy. So went to Salisbury for his last year, I believe, and then <clears throat> uh, just like really trying to give these guys the best opportunity to have success on the ice in, the, in this short season and also give them some things that they can apply to the winter season. And, uh, you know, you don't want to overcoach, but you also want to give them as much as you can. But, uh, yeah, we ran into a couple of really good teams and 
um, you know, we went uh, one, two, and one over the weekend. Uh, very good games. The, the two losses, uh, they, they played pretty well uh, against both top-level teams, the Gulls and St. Louis Blues. So mm-hmm. we, um, you know, had a good showing for the first weekend. And, you know, that you were saying that uh, two games set earlier uh, in the in the week, um, got their feet wet, went one, one and one. Uh, yeah, one and one. So we went a uh, bunch of games early and, you know, had practice and, you know, we're just trying to like find our way. But ultimately I love being on the ice with these guys. They, they're all uh, capable players and looking to, uh, to learn. So it's one of those uh, exciting times of the year for a coach. And uh, oh, yeah, it must be exciting just... for you, especially to have Brian Gibbons, uh, you know, who is a hell of a player, an NHL player and, and, you know, to really work on, as a forward to work with those guys, like, and then you to be able to s- split and work with the defense, like that's unbelievable. Like what an experience for those kids at 17, 18 years old to, to have you two guys on the ice. It's it. That's great stuff. Yeah. He was a real creative player. So we were kind of chatting on the way back from practice about, you know, when we split or when we kind of like game plan for a practice, these little things that go a long way, Mm-hmm. I'm like, just try to, you know, think about this stuff that you picked up over your career. Like I, like I try to do and, um, and the best communicators, you know, or best coaches, I should say, were the best communicators, like some of them really good players that couldn't communicate how they did it. They just did it innately. And then when you have a, an opportunity to kind of break it down and this is why you do it and just like small not tricks of the trade, but it's just like things that you can apply immediately to a game that add value. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, structurally, you know, kind of an approach that works best for your team's skill set, you know, and and that's that's the fun part about coaching, kind of figuring it out. You know, pretty much had just like we're assessing over the first five games here and then now we can kind of understand what we have and, you know, kind of play to our strengths. And that's uh, that's that's a lot of uh, reward when you can do that as a coach. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. When I was back, uh, well, actually, we started the weekend. I, I should say we got Brian off to Cushing. He we moved him over, uh, moved him up to school on Saturday, which was you know bittersweet. But it's uh, it was nice to see him adjust and settle in and kind of uh, in his routine and had his buddies and a lot of you know hockey guys right around him, kind of on the same floor and stuff. So that was like you know much different than drop off of year one. Um, if you felt a heck of a lot more comfortable leaving him there and things like that. And uh, it was, it was, you know, really cool. And like, all right, he's like, you know, you held the bed with adjusting things. And he's like, can, can you guys just get out of here to Joanna and I basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, like beat it. You know what I mean? So it, uh, w- which was nice to see. And um, you know, it goes to show he's like, all right, like I've, I've seen enough of you guys all summer. It's time to to be on my own a bit here, but good group of kids living with him and everything. And then now it's uh, back on the ice with the, the, the younger guys too. My 2011s, they, um, you know, nice group of kids, really, really good group of um, young hockey players. So was excited to get back on the ice with those guys on Tuesday night. And we're back at it, uh, you know, full swing here. We're heading up to Rochester this coming weekend um, for the just get good tournament. We'll uh, you know, the, the Collins brothers, Greg and Chris, will be up there and, and with their program and their Roco program and everything up there. So exciting times. And right, like I said at the, at the top of the show here, we're, we're right back to the grind. We'll be 
I'll be heading up there. A lot of the parents and, and kids are heading up on Thursday. I'm heading up first thing Friday morning. We got a couple games Friday night and, you know, a couple Saturday whole Sunday as well. So it'll be uh, exciting. The only thing that, you know, the only negative that I heard so far in the uh, the weekend was just, you know, moms and dads complaining about paying gate fees. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean – you know, maybe just a little tip to some of the parents out there that might have a whiteboard. Just walk in with the whiteboard. Go right Dude, by. Don't give away all the secrets, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Courtney came to the Saturday uh, out in Marlboro and just she. Did she just have the kinda, clipboard going. Yeah, she just walked in. She's the hockey mom and just walked in. But um, oh. yeah, so it is kind of ridiculous. They they charge a bunch for. The, uh, the tournament fee, and then they kind of gouge a little bit at the door at some of these showcases. So just be aware. It's just part of it right now. But, I, um, yeah, when I did see that, I was like, I was shaking my head. It was like, uh, mm. you know, I mean, it's like 10 bucks for a day pass, 25 whatever it was for the weekend. And Yeah, 25 bucks for the weekend, 10 but you know. It's like, come on. Yeah. I know that I know we were getting we we got a bunch of comments about it and people reaching out and sending us messages. I'm like, <laughs> what it? It's like, and I did hear as I'm like walk, you know, I'm walking by and like you said, I'm you, you're flashing the coaching board, right? And so it's kind of like you're all separate. You Apparently, like, wait, what? Like it's cash only? I cash get, only? Yeah. There's yeah, an ATM right over there. Cash only. There's an ATM over there. I got to pay. Tw- I just paid. You know, 150, 200 bucks for my kid to play in this tournament. Now you're telling me I got to watch him? <laughs> pay, to watch. pay to watch him? Like, to pay it is kind of goofy. My, my, my 15 year old, 16 year old, whatever it is, 18 year old kid. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I did dig my heels in a little bit on Monday. Uh, my brother in law, Wilkie, there, Jeff Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, was... I saw him at the rink. I saw Jeff. Yeah. Nice enough to. Uh, Invite us onto the boat. We went up to Boston for a nice little lunch and came back. It was just a beautiful day. Um, didn't want it the to perks end. Perks of not making it to Championship <laughs> Monday on Labor exactly, Day. Exactly. <laughs> but but played the the uh, you know the game on Sunday and we were like, all right, that's it. You know, like for the weekend, kind of nice to have a nice uh, nice one day before I uh, kind of like dial back in so labor day we went up to boston had a nice lunch uh with with the family oh, and um came back and you know we're, the the sun's setting and it's just like that that's just turning the page right you know we're in the ranks but you know it was just like that last little uh you know nice day of the summer that we could enjoy and we did uh enjoy it to the fullest so that was a nice little thing got, got, got the, the lawn done and this is the one thing i was going to say was when your daughter comes back and like is like gives her the face being like hey the lawn kind of because i let it go it was like raining a lot i yeah, let it go yeah. for like so a week and a half by my home yeah well she, she just kind of gave me the rotten retina and like a little kind of uh side eye and uh next thing you know i'm out there buzzing the lawn and making it look a little bit sharp before the uh the boat ride but ultimately nice summer great uh to be back in the ranks. Absolutely. I'm glad you got to enjoy Labor Day too, but some of us got to work for a living, even if it, even on holidays, buddy. Nights and weekends. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it is a mailbag episode here. Let's, uh, let's get into it before we do. Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. 
check out their line of NHL street hockey games and training today. Yeah, you can never stop working on your game, whether it be in the basement or the driveway. Well, uh, you know, in certain areas of the country, the snow will fall eventually, but you can still work on your game in the driveway, in the basement. So make sure you check out franklinsports.com. Uh, all right, here we go. Mailbag question number one. Howdy, fellas. Just sitting in my basement wearing some TSR swag, <laughs> surfing the Franklin Sports and My Hockey Rankings websites while the skates are getting buzzed up on the Sparks machine. <laughs> I love I it. thought I'd fire off a question. I love it. Uh, my son's band, Banta major team has tremendous depth at center. Arguably, our four best forwards are all lined up as centers on the preseason depth chart. Is it fair that the third and fourth line centers are going to get less slash limited ice time because of position and less opportunities because they are playing the weaker wings? Or as a coach, would you move the bottom one or two centers to wing and get your best players out there more? And if so, is it completely out of bounds for a parent to suggest it to the coaching staff? Uh, I live in a healthy fear of being labeled as that guy by the quote by the coaches so i have steered clear of uh from such conversations in the past lol as the obvious disclaimer uh, for every question you receive the parent goggles are in play no guarantee the coaches see the four centers as the best four overall forwards but simply my viewpoint from the cheap seats uh hope everyone has a great season yours truly Parent goggles. <laughs> That's, That's great. great. Love it. Um, no, you know, they're at Bantam Major, right? So that's mm -hmm. uh that's Colin's age group, right? Yeah, U14, yep. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think it's a an interesting scenario to 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 talk about because yes, you want to have balanced lines, and sometimes that third and fourth center, they might be the best players, but they the, the wingers aren't kind of you know keeping up or whatever so you might be penalizing those players i think just because you're playing center you know they should be able to play wing forwards should be forwards like at this age group you know you should be able to play all three positions because the next step you know if you uh, if there's like say some upperclassmen in high school that are strong if they're strong down the middle and you you are a good quality player you should be able to adapt and play wing so i wouldn't i wouldn't say you know and again you know this is just like from the cheap seats he's saying but i would say that as a with coach with this yeah i would say um you know you want to have depth depth always kind of you know reign supreme on you know certain age groups if you can have depth and having spread out some of those top players with the players that they have to take along a little bit. I think that's pretty beneficial. Um, and then when time comes, if you need to shoot it in the bench or whatever, you put guys on wings and, and try and load up. If you have, if, if you have the, the top four players being centered, like, you know, two of them play wing, then you have two strong lines. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that that's where I would go. I, I would like the depth before loading up. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's, you hit the nail on the head and I had the conversation tonight with a, you know, a, a pretty high ranking hockey coach. Like it's really good for some of these kids to that have been pre predominantly centers 
their entire life, like when they get to this age group, to play some wing, to play some right wing, to play some left wing. Because like you said, ultimately when they get to the next level, call it high school hockey at that age group, right, at that U14 age group, uh, it's important because they're not always going to be centers. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's really important to learn how to, you know, get pucks out of the zone, to observe a hit, to protect the puck, to just, you know, learn to chip pucks to space and win those blue line battles. So I think that's really important. So, you know, like you said, it's kind of like finding the balance because the, the the depth is obviously great. If you have four lines that, you know, with good depth down the middle, then obviously your team's in really good shape. But mm-hmm. uh, it's also good to, you know, at, at, at times maybe the coach – loads up the top three and, and, and kind of plays a fourth line uh, sparingly a little bit. Or it, it's kind of like that, uh, like that perfect, like give and take a little bit, right. It's, it, it's good to have the depth, but it's also good for, especially your centers to recognize that they're not going to be centers all the time. Yeah. Uh, 90% of the best players in the world grew up playing center. And then now all of a sudden they're a, you know, a left wing or a right wing or whatever the position may be, right? Yeah, and and to answer the other part of the question, you know, I don't think that it's your spot to to kind of mention to the coach. You know, you at don't this want, age, you shouldn't be talking to coaches. Yeah, you're, you don't want to be labeled that guy. High school, yeah. kids are in high school, more or less. Right. So, you know, I, I think uh, Parent Goggles has a, a pretty good sense of it. Like, he doesn't want to be labeled that guy, but he sees, you know, certain players being stronger. And But I just – I think you just leave that up to the coaches and, you know, enjoy being a parent and, you know, root for the best for the group. Exactly. Good question, though. Yeah, I Funny love it. One too. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like it. Before we get to the next one, uh, TSR Hockey. TSR Hockey is located in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the hockey season. Oh, that's not good. How about the start of it? Right? Yeah, get right into it. All right, so here you go. Before we get into the next question, uh, TSR Hockey, let's talk about them. TSR Hockey is located in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the start of this hockey season, TSR stocks all team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidering and printing, you name it. You can reach their, them at their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave and they can take care of you. Now is the time to give them a buzz to talk about how your team can be upgraded and wear the gear in the sw- win the gear in the swag game. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. Visit tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs and tell them the shrink sent you. I love it. I've uh, I made a I've, I've already hit up TSR to start the season off. I had to and they take good care of us. That's just what they do up there, and they take care of everybody. The place is buzzing. I was up there uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was busy. People were getting ready for the season. Kids were getting fitted for skates and sticks, and uh, the team up there, Brennan and the crew at, at, at the store in Salem, do a heck of a job, and obviously Mike and Dave and the team store are fantastic. So reach out and make sure when you talk to those guys that you tell them the rink shrinks uh, sent you up there. We like to, to know, especially when you're in the New England area for the uh, all these fall tournaments going on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, hey, so right. Ryan cracked his shin pad, oh, and boy. I'm like, 
so I mean, I haven't seen you block a shot in like four years, but um, <laughs> must you know, have been so stretching, <laughs> dropping on his knees. Yeah, or just drove it over with his vehicle. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's going to be going up there and you know grabbing some new shin pads, brick at the boots, the new jets. Uh, I'm stocked up on some sticks, so oh, yeah. they're all ready to go, ramped up for this season. So make sure you check them out at TSR Hockey. Dot com or if you're in the area get up to uh tax-free Salem, new hampshire you know it's funny too like you said uh about that is there's such honest people uh that that it was maybe last year we went up there and one of the kids grew out of their shin pads and it was like they grabbed like the most expensive one and even like the younger kids that were working in the store were like hey like you don't need that high end of a brand you know mm-hmm. what i mean like like the name, but like you don't need the whatever the XLT seven thousands. Like you can go for the three thousands and save yourself fifty bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they get it. Like the the this mod like that. It's really good. All right, mods. I get the next one here. Hey guys, question that I meant to ask months ago when some teams went through parity, but still very relevant coming into the new season. Both sides slash teams such kids are impacted heavily. So it would be nice to. See your thoughts on each side hitting the side. We are the younger, super talented kids that were put into parity with teams one year older. We won and now we'll play up this year, but we relegated the older teams from the same organization. Our kids are ecstatic, ecstatic and think they are superstars, but I fear they may be in for some serious humble pie. The other team's kids, I assume, are devastated and will be competing in a lower division next year, carrying the weight of losing younger kids. How would you address both sides are kept in check? Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a interesting you know, dynamic with that parity, but if the younger team is talented and they beat them, you know, that's what happened, right? So that you play the games to see the results and, and where you slot for the following year. So... Uh, I don't think there should be anything, you know, overthought on either side. If the humble pie is going to be uh, served, then fine. You know, and they're, mm-hmm. they're in they're in for it. So they have to elevate their game consistently as younger players. The older guys, maybe they find their game and they, they have some more success. If they were on that bubble to get relegated anyway, then, you know, they ha- they should be slotted correctly. So that's why the parity is in place. But um, you know, the consistency of play at a younger age is more important to like stress. So if you play up for just, you know, one tournament just for that relegation or that, you know, promotion, then you should be able to play that way all the time. So I think either way, the message should be, all right, you guys got relegated. That happened. Move on. Now let's try to dominate this level. And then on the other, other side, we have to play up to our capabilities because we know that we're capable of doing it. So as a coach and, you know, as a parent, you know, you just want to keep those kind of messages in mind. Um, You know, the the game, the games were played and, you know, the decisions and the slotting happened. So you move on and, and you, and you, and you play according to uh, your division and be the best you can be. That's it. That's it. Great points. Here's my beef. All right. I'll tell you mine. The 
parity tournaments when teams do them. I'm sorry, when when leagues do them in the springtime, mm-hmm. I think is the dumbest thing in the world because so much can change in the three four months. Those three four months, especially when it comes to a 2013 team playing up in the 2012s and things like that, right? So teams playing, kids playing a year up. Uh, now, like, just picture those 2012s, how much, like, think of the growth spurts that happened in those three, four months since that parity has taken place. And now if they played that parity in September, like, I would be a little bit pissed off if I was on that older team and we got relegated to the to the uh lower division and a team from our same organization because they won the parity in you know april or may or whenever it took place uh you know bounced us out because i'd like to see it now but you it is what it is you got to show up you got to play the parity and every point that you made is absolutely perfect and spot on like you you got to uh deal with the 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 the, you know the hand that you were dealt and figure it out right and and you got to show up and play the parody when it is played but i just hate and i get it from a from a rink ownership and league and ice time perspective cuz you want your schedule set i just hate when it's done in the springtime it 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 makes absolutely no sense to me you're not getting the true team some of those kids like there could have been changes made like this young 2000 a lot of those kids are probably on the same team together last year they probably had especially if they think they're a bunch of superstars they probably did 14 practices 17 term- tournaments before the um you know before before the little t- parody and the older team probably the kids were you know got the baseball gloves going and just assumed it was going to be a cakewalk so um i don't know i'd say to them right now let's play like in a week and see who the better team is after yeah. a couple practices and games under our belt. That's what yeah. I would, uh, that's yeah, what I would that's not going to happen, but yeah. it's not going to happen. But so you yeah. get, no, I get your point. Once you hit the nail on the head. And I guess I just hate parody in the spring. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just, you know, the turnover on certain teams and, you know, you, you definitely made a great point with, you know, there's a there's a gap between the season and the parody tournament mm-hmm. so you know kids kind of like putting their bags away or whatnot but you, you couldn't really do it at the maybe you could do it at the beginning of the season you know because i was just thinking like scheduling and stuff like that but you you probably could do it you know right around labor day or prior to labor day to see where thing team slot you know but I don't know. I, I mean, it, it just kind of it is a, so long anyways that yeah. I, I I know some teams in the past have done it in the fall. Some organizations, I should say, and, and, and leagues have done it in the fall. But even I think those leagues, especially around here in, in the New England area, I think have even got away from it and they've moved to the spring, which I just don't agree with. Right. I, I think. You know, because of the scheduling, I think, like you just said, that's the biggest issue is is teams like to you know their parents and families like to plan i mean me i'm like a day by day with my three kids and and everything that we have going on and i know you're probably pretty similar like i wake up on monday morning and be like all right what do we got the rest of the week where where, where are we at you know what i mean but some people are a little bit probably yeah. plan a little bit more than that 
yeah, a little bit more organized. The the big family calendar, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I have no clue. Sometimes court's like, yeah, you know what? You know, I put why... it in the in the family <laughs> calendar. I know. Yeah, I haven't opened that thing in years. I know. Just tell me where uh, I need to be. Yeah, so we can just agree that parody stinks in the in the spring. And love stinks too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get the next one here. Uh, good morning, fellas. I had emailed you last good year about the too. Yeah, about the program I am involved in with my son in Kansas City with three-hour practices they wanted to do once a week with you eight kids. They didn't end up doing that, but this year they are taking practice time down to one night a week and one game night. Last year we would travel around Kansas City to the other ranks in the area, which is only which is only two full door uh, indoor sheets, one full outdoor sheet. Our home rank is maybe two-thirds the size of an actual rank. There's another rank the kids play on as well that's even smaller. And one final full sheet that is maybe an hour away in St. Joseph, Missouri. We would go to the different ranks and play little cross-ice games against other clubs in the area with the U8s. There was supposedly three different divisions in U8, blue, white, uh, and red. We had two practice nights a week off ice every other week and typically one game day regardless of U8 level your kid was in. This year, depending on the amount of kids we get in the program, we will no longer be traveling around the city to play other clubs and only getting one practice a week. Instead, we will only be playing internally against our own teams, but it will be four on four with goalies, referees, and keeping score doesn't make sense to me that we were getting more practice time and now we aren't getting half of what we were getting. And let me know what you think. It's a lot. That's a did lot. You, did you follow it? No, I mean, I was I was listening to the crickets outside at this point. I was... Uh... No, so I, I see what he's saying. So you got more practice time, more ice when they were kind of buzzing around and playing other teams. You right. know, it seems like... I do remember this three-hour question thing that they didn't do. Yeah, but it sounds like there's a, you know, li limits of uh, ice time. Um, yeah, you know, with, definitely. With, I mean, that's that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. It's a, it, 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 They're in a tough spot in terms of rink and ice time and stuff like that. But it, I do feel bad for, um, you know, they just, what what do you do? Like the organization, it seems like doesn't just doesn't have the ice, right? And, and unless you can arrange those type of travel type games and, and cross ice and things like that, where they're getting the kids the puck touches uh, and ice touches, I should say, then ugh, it's t it, it really is. It's tough. Yeah, I would say, you know, they're trying to do the best they can with trying to play internally, you know, the four on four with goalies, referees, keeping score that I think that's going to be good. It's going to make it competitive. Um, you know, so, and then you won't be traveling as much, but I think that, uh, you know, the, the limited amount of ice in the area probably has uh, a big factor in, in driving this decision to do this. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, you know, just see how it goes, embrace it. You know, you're getting some ice and, you know, making it a little bit more competitive, um, you know, the four and four with goalies. Hopefully it's on the, the full sheet or even like if it's at two, third, two thirds of a sheet, that would yeah. be pretty cool. Really four and four. Down, yeah. 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 No, exactly. And, and that's what I, like I was 
just trying to think about it as you were reading, like it's just a, a tough spot. And obviously, hasn't there been like talks always? Remember, like the Pittsburgh Penguins were going to move to Kansas City? Yeah, that wasn't was there definitely, a, that? yeah, there was talk of that. Like you'd, you'd like to see, uh, you know, another hockey market out there, and that would really drive, um, you know, the youth hockey and, and, and get the, programs really going and, and build up the infrastructure and, and youth hockey out in that Kansas city area, which would, I, I think would be fantastic. But right now you just got to deal with it. Unfortunately, you know, luckily your kids are still young and just get them as much ice time as you possibly can would be my suggestion. And then uh, if it gets to the point where you, you, you know, your son or daughter is really enjoying it and you have to kind of seek out a little bit more travel and go towards the, St. Louis area, right? Like then you, you might have to, you know, get the Sprinter van all packed up and and figure it out, right? Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to travel a bit more when you have those spots that are a little bit more spread out, not mm. you know as dense as the Northeast and Minnesota's or you know traditional hockey markets. But yeah, even talking about be- the Kachuk, the Kachucks, they did that. They 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 really had to travel a lot. Yeah, and the, the one thing about that, though, is, you know, that takes time, money. You know, there's just yeah. a lot that goes into it. But I would say, you know, enjoy this this time where you don't have to travel because that's probably coming down your pipeline if you're sticking around. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. Good point. Um, all right. Hi, guys. I got a couple questions. As a brand-new assistant hockey coach and a newish hockey parent, my son moved up to the 8U team, and I volunteered to be an assistant coach. I didn't play as a kid, but the last two years I've been on a men's league team, and I'm learning the game. I'm an all right skater, but there are areas that need improvement. My son's past coaches were all much better skaters than me, so I'm a bit intimidated. I want to know, can I be a good coach if there are some drills that I can't demonstrate? And where are some areas that I can be the most effective? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can still be a good coach by not actually demonstrating, but you have to be a student of the game uh, to be able to understand some of the intricacies of the game and and even the drills that are going to be you know, drawn up and, and you're expecting them to execute something that you might not be able to, but you have to know some of the small details of the, the, uh, the game to be able to do that in practice. Um, you know, and as far as, you know, being the most effective, I mean, you know, I was filling water bottles this weekend. Um, I didn't open any doors. Uh, I, I, I put the sticks in, you know, height order. Uh, the the backup sticks. Do you organize lefty and righty? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, me too. Yeah, just making sure. But from from you know, tallest to shortest, and uh, uh, Bright Gibbons was like, "Yeah, do you have OCD?" I go, "No, it's attention to detail." You know, it's attention exactly. to detail. But uh, no, seriously, I I think yes, you can still be a very good coach, even though you you know have limited um, you know hockey experience yourself. Um, but it's it's for the love of the game. You do it, you know, for the right reasons. And after a certain time, maybe you 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 know pass them off to um, another coach. But I think that you know being around it and enjoying it that's the most important thing um, right now for you. 
But I think we've all Mott's played for coaches, especially I can remember when we were younger that like, you know, my father obviously was a other coaches along the way that weren't the best skaters and couldn't demonstrate the best, but really good at explaining the drills and drawing them out. So practice that. Like if you're not the best skater and can't demo everything for the U8 kids, like work on your best explanation, kind of like rehearse things. And I remember talking to even Pat Foley, like when he was at the national development program, like he would like rehearse what he was going to say before the practice, right? Like, like in drawing up the drills and things like that, just so he, you know, it's like, cause he would do it over and it was like memorizing, right? So it was the, 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 it wasn't the first time he drew it up and spoke about it and things like that. So like you said, being a student of the game is really important. And then also kind of rehearsing your speech and, um, you know, making sure like, all right, like I really know the drill and what we want to be accomplishing here. So I can explain it very thoroughly to these kids. And yeah, a lot of kids are visual learners. You might not be able to demo it, but if you can draw it up on the board really well and explain it really well, then most of the kids can get it. And then you just identify maybe the the really intelligent kids and the kids that are better plays and be like, hey, little Johnny, you're going to be the demo guy here you got it all right yeah, yeah you got go. it got it good you you go <laughs> yeah and also just to to add to that point is you know you're drawing the drill up and just think about you know even just simple drills they pick up from you know other coaches or online or wherever you're getting your drills from um where it can apply to a game i think that's very really important to um you know start at an early age you know so kids aren't just doing a drill to do a drill Right. You want to try and, you know, just move the puck early so that your teammate can collect it better, make more of a decision when he has it or if it bobbles, you're not slowing down. Like small little things like that, uh, even on the simplest drill, you can you can kind of like, hey, just relate. This is why we want to do this, you know, a certain way um, because it applies to the game. Right. And I mean, to tie in with this question too, if you want to really make sure that you, you at least aren't going to fall down when you're demonstrating what you can, right. Make sure you have your Spox machine, right? So we all know what Spox is the at home or on the road skate shot machine. I'm heading up to Rochester this weekend. I got the Spox already in the truck, uh, head to SpoxHockey.com. Use the code BYMOTS for $50 off your Spox sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate shop machine that never fails. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving to hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and saves you money. All right, with Sparks, you get that great shopping every single time. Again, SparksHockey.com, order your machine. It's hockey season. It's Sparks season. 50 bucks off. BY Mots. You won't fall over when you're demonstrating those drills so the kids you know, you're not going to get embarrassed, right? So um, exactly. make sure you, you you take care of that. Yeah, just like parent goggles, you know, just buzzing his uh, his skates up, you know, just make sure that you're uh, a real pick student up, of the game. Yeah, pick up uh, your Spock machine. It, it, it definitely pays itself off, and especially starting the season, hey, you're going to be buzzing the skates quite a bit. So make sure you check them out at SparksHockey.com. All right, All right, I get the next one here. Yes, uh, let's hear it. Hey, I know you guys are busy, 
but I've got an urgent question. My eight-year-old <laughs> is playing up uh, 10UA as an exemption. He is smallish for his age, but can skate well. While we were talking to Coach about joining his team, I made it clear that my kid does not like to play defense. He will help out as a forward, but doesn't like defense. The coach agreed. He saw him as a forward. He has my kid practicing and playing D. I asked what was going on. He said his backward skating is the best on the team, so it's hard not to put him on D. I reminded him, reminded of, reminded him of the conversation we had prior to signing up for his team, and that my kid does not like playing D. My kid is crying at night, thinking he did something wrong to get put on D. How should I approach this? Let's just let's just take a deep, right? Because I need to really collect myself before I lose my mind here. You want me to uh, chime in here? I I, I gotta breathe. So gotta I'm gonna breathe. say the you know eight years old playing up, you know great that you're able to play up and play against you know better older players um not only just take what you can get but there's so many benefits of playing d as well you know you're playing you're seeing the game from a different lens you're is a good skater but why pigeonhole a player to play just one position forward and d you know never mind like wing center wing it's it should be able to be a hockey player first and then you start getting into um position specific so i don't know if it's coming from just your son or there's some influence from from you as well as a parent about playing d but i think you could definitely you know put a stop to the crying by being encouraging enough to be able to hey you know you're a hockey player you, you know, you're such a good skater. This is the, the positives of why you're doing it, you know, and you get, you're most likely getting more ice time on the back end. Um, so there's so many more benefits to it than just this very short-sighted, you know, almost selfish point of view. Yeah. Great points. Um, very good points, Watts. And your rink shrinks logo shut off and your screen behind you, which, you know, we, we want that up there because it looks so good. But <laughs> you can take care of that while I talk right now. And, yeah, he he's eight years old. Let the kid play and have fun. You can explain to your child that, hey, the coach thinks it's best for you to play some defense. And that's a positive. That's great. He's eight years old. Look at the positive in it. If he's crying over this right now, I, I, you got to tell him to suck it up, and 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 tell him to deal with it because you know what? There's going to be a lot of coaches that are going to put him him in different positions if he wants to continue to play this game. It's that simple, in my yeah, eyes. I also think like playing up a level, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't be able to dictate where you're playing, whether it be no. Go play left. with your own age group and play forward. Yeah. So I just I think it's an opportunity, like a positive opportunity to be, you know, it's a very positive opportunity. Yeah, you should be able to. This is great. Mm -hmm. It's great. So, yeah, I just think have a conversation with your son and tell him that it's not the end of the world uh, to play D and it's going to only make you a better player. Like whether he takes the D, 
You never know, you know, because he's seeing the game from the back end and moving pucks and, you know, having the puck on a stick a little bit more. Um, or when he goes back to forward, he, he's going to have a little bit more of a sense of, you know, maybe getting into better position, you know, for the D, uh, maybe even using the D as an offensive option. You know, there's a lot of things that you can learn from playing both positions, both ways. And then there's an old movie out. Um, it's a baseball movie, but you could flip the baseball for hockey. It, it, it's like Gina Davis, Madonna, um, Roseanne, a league of their own, right? And what's Tom Hanks's famous word, like line in that? What does he say? There's no crying in hockey. Yeah, there's no crying <laughs> in baseball. Yeah, there's no crying in baseball. Just change the words and say there's no crying in hockey. Like, there's no crying about positions in hockey, right? So I'm going Tom Hanks style right now. There's no crying in hockey. There's no <laughs> crying in hockey. Like, you you don't cry about your position. Yeah. So you could watch that scene and just change baseball to hockey. Yeah, and if and he you, wants to be a hockey player. Yeah, and you got a teaching moment. Yeah teachable moment exactly man unbelievable i, I could have i, I could have told you right away i know you're busy but this is urgent <laughs> oh boy unbelievable all right i'm glad that deep breath worked for me yeah i was listening to you know my um my the, the shrinks that we've had on here the real shrinks trying to get into like Red brain and blue brain. Well, you did a great job. Right, you grab <laughs> the next question. All right. I have an 09 second year Bantam that looks as though he was placed on a lower tier team than his skill set. He's had five or six practices and two scrimmaging. He tells me that he is bored and isn't being challenged. He has worked all summer long, whether it's playing three on three with the higher level talent or taking. And I now have the other parents and coaches saying to me that he doesn't belong on this team. Should Miles or I, uh, and I don't want to be that parent, say something to the coach more on the topic of not being challenged? What are you guys' thoughts? I'm not sure if, you know, I, I would say no for saying something to the coach, right? Um, coach is already saying something to them? No, like just asking, should my child or I say something to the coach more on the topic of not being challenged? I, I don't know if it, it, it's kind of like a in between here because there's definitely, if he has more to give, maybe that's a, a situation where he does have to maybe talk to the coach. But I just, mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, just prove it, you know, with your play. Yeah. And like dominate and like yeah. just get out there when you touch the puck, be an animal and, you know, forecheck, if it is too easy and whatever, then you just want to make sure that you are being the best player at that level. Right. Yeah. Great. I think that's the, the, the way to go about it. Like go out and really like put up McDavid type stats or Gretzky type stats. You know what I mean? Like make them, make them and the organization and the coaches be like, wow, this kid's been working and, Let's put him up. You know what I mean? Let the coach of your team come to you and be like, 
wow, little Johnny's really improved this year. Like, I'm going to say something to the coach of the the Tier 1 team. Yeah, exactly. Let you play dictate. That's all I can say. You know, and no. and just don't take a back seat because you're bored and, you know, you play down to a certain level. You want to be able to just make sure you're putting your – every time you put your skates on, you want to be the best. If you think you're on a lower tier team – then go out and prove that you de- deserve to be at a, a higher level. So exactly what you just said, you know, and then the coach can advocate for you and and you're playing the game the right way and doing the right things and being a good kid, practicing hard. You know, all those things will uh, will lead to, you know, where you want to be. All right, I get the next one here. Uh, absolutely love the show and have been a loyal listener since its inception. I'm the father of a U14 AA, that's a 2009 birth year, uh, player who has been playing since age four. My question to you is how many games should a U14 team be looking to play throughout the season? Currently, my son's team has scheduled 62 games, which only includes three tournaments. We fully expect that another tournament will be added as well as a few more games. This will bring their total number to approximately 70. Is this too many at this age? Uh, when they should be focusing on developing both individual and team skills. Any questions, I'm sorry, suggestions on how to broach this with the organization so the practice-to-game ratio is more of a two-to-one or even three-to-one. Currently, it's more like one game for every practice. Thank you, and I look forward to your response. So it's obviously yeah, it's a tough. Full, yeah. season, full season team. Yes. Um, man, what do you think? No, it's tough because clearly, and and you know, it's hard to say because we really don't know where where they're based out of. Um, but you know, you like you just talked about it, right? This fourteen age group, fourteen, sixteens, eighteens, they're very similar. Where you know, my fourteen team, I think, has played what seven games in you know a week and a half. My, you know, my son's team, I should say, and uh, and they've probably practiced three, five times. Yeah, maybe five times, maybe five, maybe six times. And Mott's like, you know, you're probably similar, right, with your U18s. Um, it's, t- it, it, it's tough because I think a lot of the competition turns out being you – know, being in tournaments or in like these showcases and things like that. I know this says they're only playing three tournaments, but um, I find that hard to believe if they're like, so what are you playing? Like Friday night, two games, Saturday, two games, Sunday. Like, I I don't know. It it seems a little crazy depending on where they are. No. Yeah. No, I, I think that seems like a lot of games, no matter what. I just it definitely seems like a lot of games. But when you think about it, when you really break it down, like even at my 2011 level, right? Like the you know, in my 2009s last year, right? So they probably played, you know, I think the league schedule is about 40 games, and then you get your two or three tournaments, which averages out to be another 15 games, probably maybe you know, maybe even a little bit more. So call that that's 55 games at um you know, at the, like, the peewee level, the bantam level, like, that's not 62 games. Like, it's it's kind of, it's not that far off is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's, it does sound like a crazy number, but it's kind of, I think, what we've all been used to. You know what I mean? 
Am I crazy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, nuts. You could to, say no, no. To, to the point of practice to game ratio, and like I, I saw this, uh, you know, study that was done with mm-hmm. some of the top players back in like I think it was like the '96 World Cup or something. It was it was, it was a while ago. But top players, how much they had the puck on their stick? Oh yeah, yeah. It was Mike Boyle's thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It was Boyle, and he and he yeah. said Tony Monty was was Canadian, Tony Monty, Joe Sackick, and Mike Madano. Yes, uh, but he said Monty was Canadian, which was hilarious, and he he was a BU guy, <laughs> and and Mike was Tony's strength and conditioning. Coach I know it's BU, unbelievable. I was gonna I was gonna send it to Tony and just be like, oh, I didn't know you were Canadian, but um, but yeah, so it was like under a minute. It was like fifty. The the highest was like fifty seven seconds or something. Yeah. So the point of his his message was, you know, everyone wants to play well in games, so they try to play more games. But if you had more practice, you're getting more touches. So then, when you are in a situation in the game, you're going to be better. Right. So what this you know uh, question was is kind of saying is like, how do you get it to like two to one or even three to one? And that model is, you know, I think USA Hockey has been trying to kind of flip the script a little bit because it has gone so yeah, far the I other way. I don't think anybody does a good job at it, though. But, you know, you look at, you know, like the the models of, you know, the, the Europeans you know, that have more practice than games. You know, it's not going to go to that because, it's, you know, I'm going to say there's a lot of money on, on the line for some of these programs. Mm-hmm. But... I think that is important to be able to practice, you know, if you had to cut back a few games, you know, so 70 games is too much for U14. That's my opinion. The full season team and things like that, like think of it, a college schedule is probably playing 40 games, right? Yeah. If you go to the national championship, you're playing like 43 games, 44 games. Yeah. But, the only thing I, and what I was trying to say is like it's it's really not that far off from what a lot of these kids have been used to playing. I'm not saying that it's right, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's, it's like it's a fine line. Like I think everybody should do a better job of you know practicing more. I remember you know, in the same way, right? Like I I think practice and these small area games is so so important. But I also think for every parent, maybe like this guy that sent in the question who actually sees it and was like, hey, we need more practices. There's like 50 others that are like, no, we need more tournaments and we need more this and more that. So it's like as an organization, um, if he were to go to put, to, to speak to the organization about it, they're, they're, they're not going to have any answers for him because it's like the same thing. It's, it, it's like peeing into the wind here because – you have one guy that wants more practices and then you have, you know, one or two. And then you have like 20 others that are like, no, 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 we need to be playing more games and things like that. So it's just, it, it really is tough. It, and, and it's, it's trying to find that correct balance. And, you know, as a coaching staff, I know personally I've dealt with it and I, and I'm still dealing with, um, you know, it, with my guys, the 2011s, like, you know, hey, we don't need to go play in every single tournament that there is. We don't need 
let's get more ice and play more. You know, I'd rather get on the small sheet and play more three on three with guys or something. You know what I mean? I think they get more out of that uh, at the peewee major level, which I know that's not U14, but it's, it, it, it's just, it's a, I mean, we could, we could do an entire show sitting here talking about this, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you on like a lot of the unstructured play, but as long as this compete and, you know, a little bit of structure on it, it's not just pond hockey enough because it is, you know, you're, you're out there on a smaller sheet or cross ice or whatever, and like you want to get something out of it, but you still want them to have some fun. Yeah. Um, and that's where innately they would find ways to get open past the box. So if someone's just kind of trying to do it on their own, that's when you can step in as a coach. You are moving pucks. We're trying to create triangles, give and goes, like all the stuff that matters in a game, you know, but like this, it's structured, but not structured. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Like the, the practice stuff, you know, like no one wants to like, everyone wants to play games, which I totally get. But I also think that there's such a value in being able to get those touches and make a nice hard flat pass when, you know, you're in a drill and just kind of setting your head up for when you get into those games and you can um, and you can execute at the highest level because you've already done it in practice. Right. No, it is. It's a good question, and it's a really it, it's a it's a ongoing bait that we could be in for a long, long time. Uh, now it is time for the my hockey ranking. And, uh, you know, myhockeyrankings.com is obviously, you know, that's going to be the most visited website in the universe in the next couple of weeks here when, you know, everybody gets their rankings after a handful of games and all these tournaments go on and Labor Day is over and the beginning of the season. So it's uh, it's great stuff. But we got a couple questions here for the My Hockey Rankings. Um, Mott, so I'll go to this one. This would be like a little bit rapid fire. Is it true the summer just goes by faster and faster as you get older? What do you think? Um, I think it does. I mean, because sometimes it's, you know, you're busy. Like as adults, you're still working and you don't have like just the 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 lulls of just kind of fill your day. So I would say it goes by a little bit quicker when you're, you know, not having the summer to just kind of like goof off and do whatever as a kid. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, what about your game day spread for the first football Sunday? Oh, well, I'm not sure what is going to be. I did save a few recipes on Instagram that I'm going to try out on uh Sunday. Who are you kidding? You'll probably be in a hockey rink. No, no hockey this weekend. Maybe well, Brooke will have one, but no uh, U18. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. Um, for You got to get more games. That other question, they get 72. <laughs> you guys got to step it up. I know. No, I, I got a few recipes that I want to try out, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped. All right. Do you yeah, want to so... tell you what they are? I'll wait till next week. Yeah. We'll... I'll take some. Spread and we'll see. I'll yeah, I'll take it. some pictures and then we can take some pics, send it to me while I'm driving back from Rochester and don't <laughs> watch a second of, um, exactly. of Sunday football. So that, that that's going to be my spread is going to be my steering wheel. My in your combos. Yeah, yeah. Actually, dude, tonight uh, Liam was going to get like whatever, some school supplies for us. So I'm like, hey, get a load up. 
they were going to target. So I said, load up for, uh, you know, snacks. So I, I didn't look in the bag yet, but I said, load up in the, in the snacks for the car right up and make sure we're, uh, we're all set up. I wonder if he, he, he well, Liam definitely got some not. combos. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if I know we'll Liam. <laughs> right, how about um, this? If you could invite any famous celebrity living or dead to coach youth hockey, who would it be? And what would their coaching style be? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I gotta think about this one. Do you got somebody that like comes to mind right away? Uh not really. Not famous. I mean, I would I'll go with Vinny Magno, but I mean he's famous to me. Um Yeah. Yeah, an interesting. I mean, as oh, a celebrity would be like maybe like an actor, Samuel L. Jackson, as Jules <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he hold he'll hold him accountable. <laughs> you ever see that clip? He would be. Oh God, yeah, he's unbelievable. I was thinking Al Pacino and and Sunday. Um, it'd be nice to see him behind the bench, just kind of yelling and screaming. I'm trying to think of who else famous celebrity. I mean, imagine, um, Paul Newman from Slapshot, like coaching a youth hockey team. That'd be great. He would be good. He would be good. Um, who else? I don't know. I feel like I wish I had time to prepare for this. Yeah, we can revisit it next week as so you have some some time. But I like uh Samuel L. Jackson. So Samuel he would, L. Yeah, he would be he, great. Yeah. Accountability, uh, you know, just like kind of like a workman's like attitude to no BS. The, the, the kids would work, let's put it that way. Oh yeah. No, I compete. I yeah, compete. I compete. Exactly. I just don't know if the parents would 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 approve. I don't think he would care. <laughs> yeah, we'd be getting we'd we'd be getting emails about about Coach Jules. Like, how do I approach this with the organization? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Uh, uh, we have this coach. He's <laughs> he's on his he's sneakers, and he, he can't skate. It would actually he, be great content for. So yeah, uh, let's bring him back. Yeah, let's do it. Let's bring him back. That's good. I mean, stuff. you want to go Herman Boone? Ah, like Herman I, I want to like. I'm gonna think about it too. We'll we'll, we'll revisit next week. Uh, come up with someone else. You want water, kid? Water is for, for wiping that blood off that uniform. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. uh, no, that's good. That's good. That's, uh, that would be uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, my hockey rankings, they're going to be busy uh, over the next little bit here. Checking out. Make sure you check out their website, myhockeyrankings.com. See where your team slots. And uh, we'll have those guys on in the next probably couple couple weeks here, right? Get them on. Yeah, no. Once uh, we'll talk to him this week and kind of talk about how the uh, when we can expect expect the um, 
you know, the weekend to be updated, the the rankings to be updated, where their teams are at. And I know they'll be getting some questions and things like that. So we'll uh we'll chat with those guys soon. But Mots, I think that pretty much wraps things up here. Great episode, a lot of great mailbag questions. Uh keep them coming in. We really appreciate you guys sending them. We know um, you know, God, we're not even a week into the hockey season here and we're already getting peppered. So it's great stuff. Keep them coming in. Keep them short. Keep them sweet. Hit us up on the on the email, uh, rinkshrinks at gmail.com or obviously on our social media handles on Twitter and on Facebook, wherever you can find us. Uh, and uh, and keep sending that stuff in. I'll be away this weekend. I'll be up. Hopefully I'll. Uh, boy, I know last year when I was up there, there was, uh, you know, I sent you a couple of videos of the 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 real plush grass that I saw up there. Beautiful, beautiful grass up in that Rochester area. And I know there's going to be a lot of really good hockey taken uh, this weekend. So looking forward to, uh, to getting away and spending some hotel time and uh, the itinerary all drawn up for the kids. So all good, all good. Well, good stuff. Well, good luck, my man. And uh, we'll be seeing everyone around the ranks. Jersey Shore, it's time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle. Thanks for listening, everybody.